The Infinite Tabs podcast is brought to you by The Joy Revival, a community created to inspire you to choose joy. Each week, we'll bring you two episodes, one dedicated to how we believe that Jesus is the source of our hope and our joy. Another episode is dedicated to all the things, the good, the bad, and the dumpster fires. But in the midst of it all, we can still choose joy. Hello, and welcome to the Infinite Tabs podcast. I am Stacey Filipkowski. And I am Megan Sanchez. And since it is National Women's History Month, Mm. we thought now would be the best time to tackle this touchy subject. Oh, it is Dumpster Mm. Fire Friday after all. After all. (laughs) (laughs) So in a world of 68 genders, gender confusion, and mental illness masked as identifying pronouns, we want to shed some light on feminism today. Mm. Yes, we do. Good times. (laughs) Okay. Now, friends, some of you are already feeling things, Um, but don't get defensive because oftentimes when a person gets defensive, it's because their belief system has been threatened and we tend to wrap ourselves up in that. We've allowed our identity to come from our ideology and our identity is not in what we claim to be. So it's not me being a wife or a mom or a daughter or you being a lawyer or a doctor or a feminist. Our identity is in Christ. So let's just take these preconceived notions about what this podcast is going to look like and not get defensive and just hear us out because you might learn something. Because to be honest with you, Uh, I can attest to the fact that both Stacey and I learned something Mm -hmm. as we were doing our research on this particular topic. Definitely. Um, Well, and the reason we had to do the research was because neither of us, I mean, if we're being honest and completely candid, and you know, we will always be that with you, (laughs) is that neither of us really care about the feminist movement. But there's a reason for that. Um, and I think it's because, I think it's because we're both so rooted in our identities that are in Christ that we don't look outside for, for someone else to tell us like who we are and what we need to believe. And we ultimately believe that God is a perfect God and that how he made each and every one of us is how we were meant to be. Mm -hmm. And he is the one that created the man and the woman. And so therefore, in his creation that is perfect. And so I literally just have never given it that much thought other than to see women walking around with pink hats on their head, thinking to myself, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I'm just going to say it. Why would you wear a vagina on your head? (laughs) Oh, I knew it. it. I did it. I said I wasn't going to do it, but I did it. It's just true. I'm sorry. Why would you? Why, you already mm. have one. They're not that attractive to begin with. I don't know why you'd wear one on your head. Oh, heavens. <sighs> yeah, I told you that's... this was going to be a dumpster fire. <laughs> okay. Just we, hang with us. We love you guys. We do. And we love talking about the truth and the hard things. Yeah. Um, so I want to share a little bit of our... You need a timeout. <laughs> 
Okay. All right. Here we go. Okay. Well, now that we got all that out in the open, um, I want to share a little bit of what I actually learned about the feminist movement and understanding a little bit more of, well, really trying to put myself in the position of why feminists believe what they do. So I want to go back to what has been referred to as like the first wave of feminism, which can I I say something real quick? Absolutely. And we want to share with you real quick that we, so Megan did a lot of the research on the movement itself where Mm -hmm. I did the biblical background. So we're kind of like, I think this is going to be interesting because Mm -hmm. I don't know what she researched and she doesn't know what I researched. So we're going to kind of rebuttal each other back and forth on this. And that wasn't even the plan. It just started with, we both said we were going to start doing some research and I just happened to start by understanding the movement and she went to the word. And then we said, don't, don't do the other, like, Mm -hmm. let's just have the conversation and see what comes out. So this will be a surprise to, to both of us. Um, so going back to the first wave of feminism took place during the 19th and early 20th centuries. And it was essentially focusing on overturning legal inequalities, particularly addressing issues of women's suffrage, which was the right to vote. So let's just talk about this for a second. If I was alive during the 19th or early 20th centuries, I would have completely agreed with this Mm -hmm. and said, I am totally on board with the feminist movement, because I do believe that if God created us equally, then this would have been a good thing happening, Mm -hmm. that women were going to be allowed to be, quote unquote, equal Mm -hmm. to men in the sense that their vote was going to carry that weight. So as the movement began, I think many people, men and women, would have said that they were on board with this because I think that that was the initial design was for us to be equal. I I agree with you 100%. I would have classified myself as a feminist as well under those pretenses. Right. For sure. Absolutely. Um, So... As these, what they refer to as kind of waves of feminism, as they have kind of transpired, um, the second wave of feminism, which took place in like the 1960s to 1980s, uh, broadened debate to include cultural inequalities, gender norms, and the role of women in society. Um, And I would say that at this point, I would probably be like, okay. Um, But at the same time, I feel like in my heart of hearts, the reason that God created man and woman was not to be the same. Mm -hmm. Equal, yes, Yes. but not the same. So in terms of gender norms, don't bite my head off. (laughs) I don't think it's a bad thing that... Each sex, there are only two. <laughs> Scientifically two, speaking, there Scientifically are two. speaking, we have two genders. So you have... I like science. I, yeah. Science is cool. Science was created by God. So yeah. Yeah. we like science. I think I can just appreciate the fact that God has created us in a very unique fashion. We're different. 
It's okay to be different. And I think it's okay also for men to have more specific roles and for women to have more specific roles. Okay. Now we're going to take a timeout for just a second because I've already lost some of you and you're already probably feeling like you kind of want to eye roll this. And some of you may be also sitting in a space where you're going, Megan, I'm a single mom. Mm. And I, as much as maybe you would like to have a specific role within your household, you don't have that luxury. Number one, we love you. We're for you. And you are doing an amazing job as a mother and God will continue to carry you through. So I don't want you to be mad at me for saying these things because you might be able to kind of brush that off a little and to understand that maybe you do actually wish that you could carry certain roles within your household, but it's just not the way things are for your lifestyle right now. It doesn't mean though that you can't have that desire because Stacy and I talk about like God giving us the desires of our heart. And so I do believe that how God has created us, these so-called gender norms are not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about the second wave a little bit, and now we're going to talk about the third wave of feminism. And technically there's a fourth, but I'm not really going to get into that one too much. So the third wave of feminism is an iteration of the feminist movement, and it began in the United States in the early 1990s and continued until the rise of the fourth wave, which was 2010s. As I was reading through what this particular wave was, there was this emergence of new feminist currents and theories. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. I want to know. (laughs) We have intersectionality, sex positivity, vegetarian ecofeminism. What am I hearing right now? These are things. Yep. Real things. Trans feminism and postmodern feminism. As I was researching what some of these movements within the feminist movement. So you have to remember there was the first wave, the second wave, the third wave, and this has been evolving. Mm-hmm. So it came from a place that I think that, like Stacy and I said at the beginning of this, we were kind of on, if that was what feminism was, we probably would have said we were feminists back then. But after reading the third wave, that was a hard no for me. Um I'm not going to get into all of these, but I am going to tell you what vegetarian ecofeminism is. This is an activist and academic movement which states that all types of oppression are linked and must be eradicated, with a focus on including the domination of humans over non human animals. Through the feminist concept known, to, known as intersectionality, it is recognized that sexism, racism, classism, and other forms of interhuman oppression are all connected. Okay. Let's just... Who makes this stuff up? <sighs> like, who's sitting around a campfire going, you know what? We really need vegetarian ecofeminism. That's what we need. Yeah. So I don't want to talk about 
vegetarian ecofeminism. Okay. What I okay. want to talk about is that within the feminist movement, you are seeing all of these new movements happen. The question is why? And I have the answer for you. It is because people naturally want to feel like they are loved and a part of something. Mm. They want to be a part of the club and they are looking for their people, so to speak, which is exactly what we're doing in the Joy Revival. We're looking for our people. We're looking for the people to lock arms with, to be able to say, I'm choosing joy today. Mm-hmm. And this, this movement of feminism in this day and age, I feel like stems from an extreme amount of brokenness mm-hmm. and hurt. And it has caused you to wrap yourself up into this ideology that is so far set apart from God mm-hmm. because you have made this your idol, which yeah. is what we talked about in the last podcast, making this so-called movement or club your idol. And it is what you are basing all of your fundamental beliefs on you are going to end up sad, lost, depressed, and just looking for approval wherever you can find it. And you will say that you don't care that the people on the right are saying X, Y, and Z about you. You don't care if men are saying X, Y, and Z about you. But the reality is you do because you are craving a connection. Your soul is so desperate for a deep and meaningful connection that you are willing to make up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sorry. (laughs) You are willing to make up a bunch of nonsense. Like you are looking for ways to feel like you are enough. And my friend, you are not enough, but Jesus is enough. Mm -hmm. So my encouragement to the modern day feminist is to not get so wrapped up in this movement and to realize that our identity is not in being a feminist. It's not in claiming to be a certain type of person. It's in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the modern day feminist movement, as we see, there's all these different things. A big part of it is trying to elevate the woman and squash the man. And that's not what feminism was about. Right. To begin with. Well, and if you look at the I'm listening to all of this and I'm thinking about the, the trajectory that has taken us from point A to where we are now. And there's a few things that come to my mind, whereas like when the feminist movements first started, what year do you, did you say what year it was in? Yeah, it was it was 19th century and early 20th century. OK, so back then. Let's be real. God was a portion was a much larger part of society people's life. Right. Mm-hmm. So the further we get away from God, the further and the more depraved our minds get. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing, like you said, these people that are broken and they want to they want to fit in and they want to <clears throat> feel like they belong. I have a friend who was telling me that a friend of hers is a therapist and is working with a, a girl right now who every time she comes in to see her, she's identifying as a different something. 
And she's like, and I just tell her right to her face. Okay. You do realize you're just following a trend. Mm -hmm. So these are just trends. And so for people that don't have identity somewhere who don't feel like they belong somewhere, very easy for them to follow with a trend. Yes. This feels good. Yes. I'm a woman and I'm going to, I'm going to get into this. Um, this is what I'm going to do. But I, there's some biblical truth that I think is we've been talking long enough that I feel like gross and icky and I need to bring in the biblical truth because that will make me feel better. Well, and to to touch on that, like I really respect Jordan Peterson and he said something that I found really interesting. He was talking about when people have difficult things that they're dealing with they have a tendency to avoid them by adopting these pseudo moralistic stances on large scale social issues so that they can look good to their friends and to their neighbors. And that's just it. They're just trying to feel like they're a part of something. So Mm -hmm. Stacey, you're exactly right. Like finding the next thing that you can be a part of that you can say, this is my thing because you're looking for a place to find your identity. But you can look everywhere and you're never going to find it until you find Jesus. Exactly. (laughs) Our friend Jesus has broken this down very, very clearly for us. And I think it's good news. This is what he has to say. says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And that's it. I mean, I just got chills. Like you're no, you're neither male nor female. You're not, you are literally your identity lies in the father mm-hmm. and that's good news. That is. But I, I want to take this a little further and I know, and I don't want you to twist my words because this can get twisted. I know how people do this. Mm-hmm. But I think about Jesus, I think he really did break down the ideology around women and their place in society. He was a true feminist based on the true definition of what we were talking about, the first wave. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you just said it, he, there, there's, we're all equal if we're in Christ, right? We're all the body. And the thing is, is that when he was on his mission. He did all sorts of things. And you know, you've heard us say this, that were just outside of the norm. For instance, he called Mary Magdalene out of prostitution. Mm -hmm. He went to the Samaritan woman at the well when no one, not even other women would, would stand with her at the well. And he went and his disciples were questioning him. Like you, what you, first of all, there's two things here. First of all, you're going to a woman who is an adulteress Mm-hmm. And she can't even get water at the same time as the other women because she's a hot mess. And, and two, she's a Samaritan woman and Jews and Samaritans did not speak to each other. This was like, no, they were not equal in their mm-hmm. eyes. And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to go talk to her. And then he showed himself. This is one of my favorite things. He showed himself to Mary first after the resurrection. <laughs> now, why this is important is because scholars and historians actually use the resurrection story to prove the story itself. Because culturally, women were not thought of too highly back then. And in this time, if someone was actually forging the writing of the Bible, of the story about the resurrection, 
if a man was writing this story out, he would have never put a woman in there as Jesus being the first person to have gone to never. Mm-hmm. That would not have, that would not even culturally have crossed their mind mm-hmm. to say, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jesus came to Mary. Nope. Yeah. Nope, he would not have done that. And so why do you think he did that? Because he's always breaking the rules. He's always breaking down these, these ideologies that were even back then because women were not thought of really highly. Mm-hmm. And yet he chose to bring women on his mission. He chose to to teach these women the word. He chose to let them teach the word to other people. And so if you really want to look at it, like Jesus was so for women that he broke down those, those rules, which I love. I absolutely love it. (laughs) Here's another one that I've actually heard throughout the feminist movement. And I have to be honest with you. I had never read the full, the full Bible verse. And this is what I hate about someone sending you one little tiny scripture without any context. Yeah. Context is important Mm -hmm. because here's something. When I would hear this, I would often think, well, they make a good point. I kind of don't like that either. Okay. Then I went and read the context and I was like, gotta be kidding me. It's not even what it says. So you may have heard this portion of this particular Bible verse, which is in first Corinthians. So in this one sentence, it says for the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Well, I don't like that. And I'm sure anybody that just heard it didn't like it, but let's read what it actually says. Mm -hmm. That's literally one sentence. It's not even the whole verse. It says now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And if you keep on reading, it says, likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Isn't that interesting? Context. You got to have the context. And then what's happening is you're taking and you're building out these incredible, incredibly strange movements out of one part of it. And it's just building off of that. Well, and that's Stacy and I've been saying from the beginning, when we started this podcast, like the enemy's goal is to lie, cheat, steal, divide. Mm -hmm. And so these movements are just one of his many tactics to try to bring division amongst humans. Well, I think ultimately it's the family unit. I think Uh, ultimately what happens is he tries to break that family unit because that is the way God made us. He made the woman from the man. And I often like to think of this, like if you are a feminist, you might like this. Mm -hmm. I like to think of this. It's like God made this man and he was like, you know what? This man's lonely. I need to bring him a mate 
So when I take the rib from the man and I make the woman, I'm actually going to improve upon the man a little bit. And I'm going to give her things that I didn't give the man. And so we should cherish those things that we've been given that the men don't have. Like you said earlier, Megan, you said, you know, women are competing with men now. And it's no wonder marriages aren't working. Mm. It's no wonder because that's what his ultimate goal. He, he starts at the womb. If he can't get him in the womb, this is the enemy. If he can't destroy in the womb with abortion, and that's a whole nother hot topic for another day, (laughs) but if he can't succeed there, he then starts moving outwards Mm -hmm. and the family unit destroys when the family unit breaks down, it destroys, it can destroy, not always, but it can destroy a lot of things throughout that. Oh, in a handful of episodes ago, we were talking about putting on the armor of Christ. So the enemy oftentimes will try to plant these seeds of doubt in, in our minds. And that is a big part of us talking about however many episodes ago about putting on the armor of Christ, really trying to ready yourselves because nothing is off limits to Satan. He will try to destroy anything and everything. And if he can get your mind Mm -hmm. to be focused on anything, but Jesus, then that's what he's going feminism. I don't even know the word vegetation. (laughs) No, I don't even vegetarian ecofeminism. Oh God. Mm -hmm. Sounds so stupid. It does. It sounds completely ridiculous. There's a lot of other words we could use. That's just it. It's the, if the enemy can plant those seeds and make you try to think that my husband is this way or that way, and I should be allowed to do this or that. And you start to develop this more of a selfish thought process than your going to doom your marriage. Mm. I want to tell you one of the best pieces of advice. And I still feel like this is a a struggle for me, but I'm trying, but one of the best pieces of advice that Drew and I were given when we were taking our premarital counseling was look for ways to outserve one another. Mm. Because if your goal is looking to serve your spouse, Mm -hmm. In, in the ways that you know are going to speak love, let's be real. Men want two things. <laughs> two. That's all. They're not very complicated. Right. You give them sex. You give them food. They're pretty happy. Yep. I can tell you right now, if I feed my husband and I lay him a couple hours later. Oh oh. Wow. Whoo, that came out real fast. Uh, in that order? Yeah, in that order. Okay. Food and then sex. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I I think ultimately what you what you're trying to say is that you know, women by nature, we are more complex. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes from like, when you build something, like think about your iPhone or something, and you have like 
the 11 version. Well, the 12 version is going to have a few more things and a few upgrades that the 11 version didn't have. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that the 11 version is bad or there's anything wrong with it. It's just that there's a a few different things and they may have been improved upon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And I think as women, we should embrace that. We should embrace that we got all the good parts of God's original creation. And then the things that he felt that the man needed. Mm-hmm. And or so mate, exactly. <laughs> that that's... almost sounds like handmade. Yikes. <laughs> no, well, let me say it again. <laughs> we... No, <laughs> we are not the handmaid's tale. <laughs> no, we are the helpmate. That's what that's biblical that God says that like he, he created a helper because, okay, so I'm an only child and having to share anything. It's a big deal for me. So when I got married, I was very selfish and I didn't want to do things. And I was like, that's not my job. You know, just because I had pretty much had a lot of things done for me as an Mm -hmm. only child. And when I finally, it wasn't really until honestly, it wasn't until I found that relationship with Jesus and he kind of refined me into this woman that I am and started to show me where I was lacking as a woman to my husband. And when I started to feed into that, our relationship got so much stronger. Mm-hmm. It's just the little things. It's not even big things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is because that is how we are made. So we have to embrace it. And with that, we're going to share a recipe with you this week. Because <laughs> we're supposed to be get in there and cook me a sandwich <laughs> sexist comments are actually funny to me in a lot of ways because it's a joke mm-hmm. and i feel like nowadays everybody is hypersensitive about yeah. too many. it's good to laugh guys yeah yes and again i mean it just comes back to if you have confidence in how god made you you won't care about those little things in Proverbs 31, 27 through 28, it says she carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. I love that. Me too. That's mm. that's so beautiful. <laughs> so what is our free resource today, Megan? Well, all this talk of feminism and gender roles, but ultimately our identity and how God created us. We're giving you a recipe, ladies. It's going to be fantastic because food is literally so good for the soul. Mm -hmm. So we will be leaving you a recipe. This is one of my most favorite things that I cook on a regular basis in our household. It is comfort food. It is a shepherd's pie recipe that I have kind of evolved over the years and it is just so cozy and yummy. And so hopefully you can enjoy it as well. Cooking for your household. Awesome. Well, this has been an interesting one. I will yeah. say that um, we would, we would not welcome your feedback. No, nope, you're not. You're not welcome to tell us any of your thoughts. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, goodness. What what is so great is that we can always bring it back to the Bible. We can mm-hmm. always show you where the truth really lies. So we're 12 episodes in like you guys have to start seeing how 
every single thing that is going on in our world has been infiltrated by the enemy and it has been tainted by him to, to put forth his own agenda. But when you take it back to the word and you see how this was meant to be all the time, you can see where the truth is and there's freedom in that. And we talk about that every single week, there is freedom in knowing the truth. And that is where that peace that surpasses all understanding that God speaks about. That's where that comes from because you walk with confidence when you know what the word says. That's why we said we didn't care about feminism before mm -hmm. because we were like, eh, what, it doesn't matter. I know what the Bible says, so I don't really care about your vagina hats. I really don't. <laughs> Sorry, they're dumb. Oh, Lord. Okay. okay, so on that note, I'd like you to remember that through the good, the bad, and the dumpster fires, we can still choose joy. Thanks for being a part of the mess today. Oh ladies. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I said a bad word. I'm